Welcome back to Speak Right with another episode with Anthony. Uh, we have had quite a few things go on in politics lately that I really want to cover. I'm very excited to cover some of this because it's stuff that, I'll be honest, I didn't really see it coming so fast. Um, but this is the power of political parties at work. And if you are a Pete Buttigieg fan or an Amy Klobuchar, the DNC has waved their hand, crushed their fist, and put them in line. That's exactly what happened. Uh, both of them have withdrawn from the race as of today. And who they uh, put their support behind? I'll give you a hint. It's not Bernie, right? They both endorsed Biden. Now, Pete Buttigieg apparently had a very long conversation with Barack Obama via telephone. And while it was reported that it wasn't explicitly said to endorse Biden, it was strongly hinted at, which I think we all know he told him, hey, endorse Joe, that's the homie, and he's the one who's gonna who needs the Democratic nomination. Amy Klobuchar also endorsed Biden, which is no surprise either. Um, and I, it's kind of sad. It's kind of sad to see because, unfortunately, this is the way the DNC works. The DNC is able to control who they want and 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 who's going to be moving on in the future. Um, I don't believe I talked about this either, but Steyer also dropped out. Um, he dropped out a couple days ago after the South Carolina defeat. Um, South Carolina was a huge turning point uh, in this race, in my opinion. It was something that we saw. If you look at the actual t- statistics, it bodes well for uh, Joe Biden. Um, Joe Biden really came back hard in South Carolina. And I think the primary reason is he has the black vote. That's something Bernie doesn't have. Bernie doesn't actually resonate very well with the black community. Um, Joe Biden polls very well with the black community. Okay. Now you have to understand in the South, the, the black community in the South is not the same as the black community in other states. Okay. In the South, the black Protestant church is very, very much a part of their everyday life. Okay. And with the black Protestant church, with that congregation, you vote your, your religion. Okay, politics and religion are very much overlapping on each other. And Bernie has never really been someone who has come off as a religious type. He just isn't. He says he's Jewish, right? Sure. But is he like, is he a a practicing Jew? Right? He's ethnically Jewish. Sure. But he doesn't come off as a religious guy. And that's one of the big issues for him with the black community in the South. And that's why Joe Biden absolutely dumpstered him. Dumpstered him in South Carolina. I mean, he won by far more than I think any of us uh, could have predicted. Um, I think it was like it was like a 20 or 30 point spread. Um, he gained a mass amount of delegates uh, very start very quickly, excuse me. Uh, catching up to uh, Mr. Bernie Sanders over here. Now, if you start looking at the polls for the different states for Super Tuesday, which is coming up on um, this Tuesday, actually, Biden is winning a good amount of the states that are, are listed. Um, unfortunately for him, he's losing a lot of the big states. California, Sanders is going to win that state. He just he's gonna win California. He's gonna win it probably in a landslide. I don't see any way that Biden takes uh, California. However, uh, according to uh, 538, which is a fantastic polling company, 
um because they do not only polling but they also do uh database um gathering for other sports and, and things like that um so it's it's relatively accurate um it's not really too biased not not from what i've seen at least um you know the big states like california and um um and like vermont maine even utah surprisingly are all leaning heavily towards uh bernie the one state that's going to be the kind of the state that determines who wins super tuesday in my opinion is going to be uh minnesota so because amy klobuchar has dropped out right i'm curious where her support goes because she was polling very high almost at 30 percent um that should be yet 30 percent of the pledge delegates in minnesota so do the, will all those go to Biden? Because if it is, then Biden's going to win Minnesota in landslide. But I don't think that's going to happen. A lot of people support Klobuchar because she's from Minnesota, right? I think that that's going to be split. I think Sarah is, is going to pick some of those votes up. Um, so I'm very interested how Minnesota works because Minnesota is a good amount of delegates. Um, Texas, on the other hand, uh, is almost split somehow between Biden and Sanders. I think, in my opinion, the main reason why is because Sanders, he does well with the Hispanic community. He really does. The Hispanic community has not had the same issues with, like, economic governments that the black community has. Let me explain. So, especially in the South, right? The South has the the highest, like, the lowest um, net income for the black community in the entire U.S., and a lot of that has to do with racist economic policies that were passed, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. Okay. So they have an already distrust of the government. They're not looking for an expansion of things like Medicaid, for instance, right? So for them, Sanders isn't the most enticing candidate. But at the same time, Sanders pulls all the Hispanic people who are in the South. Because they don't have that same bias towards it. So what's interesting to me is that I really feel like this is coming down to a very much minority versus minority race. Where Biden is going to pull in the black vote. Sanders is going to pull in the Hispanic vote. And what's going to come down to is who pulls in more of each side. Okay. Look, I'm going to tell you right now. People should not be this huge... If you're a Latino, right, and you care about immigration and illegal immigration and and those issues where you're pro-open borders, for example, right? Biden is not the best candidate for that. You know, people act like he wasn't over here deporting mass amount of people while he was with the Obama administration. The only difference was it wasn't very politicized. You didn't see on the front day. The ICE didn't stop doing their job. They still did their thing. If Biden and Obama were so about open borders, why didn't they do it when they were there? And people are really stupid enough to think that he's going to change and he's going to do open borders when he gets, if if he were to get the nomination for presidency. Open borders is a fantasy. It's never going to happen. It's just not. Whether it's Sanders, whether it's Biden, it's just not going to happen. So people who are Hispanic need to realize that, okay? If you're voting for Biden because you're Hispanic, don't do it off immigration. It's a stupid decision. Do it because you're a moderate Democrat 
who doesn't want to see socialism creep into our country? If you're a socialist who didn't learn your lesson for the first fucking time in whatever hellhole that you came from, right? Whether it's Venezuela, Cuba, then vote for Bernie. Okay? But just know this. Either way, they're both going to get crushed on the debate stage. It took Biden how many debates now to actually say something that wasn't stupid? And even then, it wasn't great. The only reason why Biden is even in consideration was because he was with Barack Obama. One of the most eloquent speakers that we've ever had in presidency. Okay. You know, I didn't like Obama, but you know what? The dude could speak. He could speak well. But what did Biden do that whole time? Biden gets up on the debate stage and is like, well, I did this and I did that. He literally claimed credit for every single thing that was ever passed in the United States. I'm surprised he didn't say that he helped write the Constitution. Okay. But did he really do any of that? No. Obama did that. That was Obama's policy. The only thing I remember him being involved in was Obamacare. When he, w- when he was sent down there to whip up the votes to make sure Obamacare passed. Wow. Good job. You're a house whip. Great job. That's not vice president. Okay? It's not. So, what has he really done to win our trust to run for president? I just don't see it. So, unfortunately, though, Biden is on a huge surge right now going to Super Tuesday. Um, And you already see the the, the Democrats endorsing people. Um, I say, like, last week... um, before South Carolina, you saw a lot of entities come out and companies and, uh, well, <laughs> phrase that wasn't really companies, but like, um, you know, private groups come out and endorse Bernie because he was ahead. You always want to endorse who's going to win, right? So it looks like you were supporting him the whole time. But now that, that Biden's had a surge, all of a sudden he has lots of endorsements. Excuse me. So it's going to be very interesting to see who comes out of Super Tuesday. This is a Super Tuesday that I think is going to be a, a very tumultuous Super Tuesday. But I will say this, though. I don't think any candidate is going to be at 2,000 votes. Or, I'm sorry, 2,000 delegates going into the DNC um, National Convention. Okay. You need 2,000 delegates to secure the Democrat uh, primary nomination. Okay. From what the polling right now is saying, um, based off uh, 538, okay, they're looking at one in five odds for Sanders, one in seven for Biden, one, less than one in 100 for uh, Bloomberg. Um, and they're looking at about the average right now for Sanders going into the um, nomination is looking at right around 1600. Okay, Biden is looking at 1450. Now, here's what's interesting. Bloomberg is sitting at 600. Okay. Elizabeth Warren is sitting at 250. So, if Sanders wins 100 more, say 100 more delegates than he's supposed to, right? And Warren gives him all the delegates that, she, that, that she's won, which she can do in the second round of the delegation of the of the, like, the process. Sanders will be above the 2K. Biden, on the other hand, he just needs Bloomberg to give it to him now off the projected what he's going to get that's all he has to do okay 
the only way that that this doesn't happen right here is if we see a surge in voting that hasn't been the trend so far okay but if they see a large surge for sanders right it's, it's specifically sanders because i think biden has people who are going to come out because they're worried about sanders as they should be and they're going to vote you're going to see a lot of the older community a lot of the boomer generation a lot of the gen z's are going to come out and they're going to vote for uh, biden and they should But the youth groups are the ones who are going to really determine this. Youth do not have a good history of voting. I've talked to people who are around my age and, and they're just like, oh yeah, no, I don't vote. It doesn't matter anyways. And in California, that may be true to an extent, right? I still vote no matter what. I'm a Republican. I vote in California. It's tough. But if you're voting in the Democrat primary, it matters. Every vote matters for the Democrat primary. Now, in California right now, okay, Sanders is, is, is forecasted to get around, right around 190 delegates. And this is, once again, from 538 um, polling, which is a fantastic polling company. Okay. That's the projected. Okay. War, Biden's looking at 127. If you see a large youth surge in California, it will strip Biden of a huge amount of delegates and it will write to Sanders, which I think could happen. And by the way, Warren is projected at right around 60. For California, um, California gets a mass amount of delegates. Um, <laughs> I actually um, was looking at uh, American Samoa. American Samoa apparently is projected to go to Bernie Sanders, and he's going to get a whole two delegates. So you know, whatever. I guess that's cool. Um, something interesting to me too is um, I think Colorado. Colorado is leaning towards Bernie uh, heavily, and I was I was I was trying to consider why. If you look at the export of people from different states, you know how they leave and go to a different state. Colorado is one of the main areas that they actually move to. And a large portion of them are coming from California. Because you have a lot of the youth, Californian youth, that have moved to Colorado. I mean, we have friends in our family who just, um, not, not, yeah, who just moved to Colorado. They moved to um, Colorado Springs, right? And they're young California voters who are all Democrats who like Bernie Sanders. So it makes sense why he's they're polling so well in Colorado. Um, Colorado is also a weed state, and that's a big platform for Bernie. I don't see that so much as a platform for Biden. Um, so as we go along, I'm looking at some of these bigger states. Um, Texas, once again, it's pretty much right down the middle between Biden and Sanders. I think San Antonio will be a big determiner for Texas, depending on their on their their output san antonio is like los angeles with a huge hispanic population huge huge hispanic influence so if if san antonio really comes out it could really push sanders into that positive area um biden's looking probably looking towards houston more the religious south to help him boost his numbers up let's see i'm trying to look at some of these other states are kind of interesting here so north carolina is interesting to me and, and one of the reasons why is because of course North Carolina becomes a big deal in the general election. North Carolina is one of those states that are very important. And Biden is is winning by a pretty smooth 10 points. And mind you, that's with Bloomberg taking 25% or 25 delegates. So if Bloomberg were to drop out, Biden's looking at a grand total of uh, 70 delegates from North Carolina, where Sanders is only looking at 34. Now, that's important, once again, because it's showing that Biden's very popular in North Carolina. 
And that's things that the Democrat Party needs to think about. Especially when you start looking at the national polls. So I was looking at the national polls today, and uh, for the president, uh, Democrat primary. If we look at just the 28th, okay, um, the one, this is through 538, by the way. Um, they What they do is they pull different polls and they average them out, okay? Back on February 28th, just a couple days ago, Sanders was far ahead in almost every single poll by like, you know, 10 to 20 points. Polls added today that were just done today. It's only plus three, plus three, plus one. So this huge buffer that Sanders has, has seen is gone. So I think that we're going to have quite the fight on Tuesday. I think it's going to be very telling. And I can definitely see some issues happening at the DNC. I really can. Because the DNC likes to control what they like to control. Okay, and they're going to want to control who the Democrat nominee is. So if it comes down to a broker convention, okay, which basically means the DNC gets to pick who they want to pick, what happens? Burning voters, if they feel wronged, are not voting for Biden. They're not. And before anyone wants to argue with me, uh, look at 2016, genius. That's exactly what happened. They didn't vote for Hillary because they felt wronged by Hillary. And you know what? I'm going to kind of segue into this, though. The DNC will will do whatever they, they can to win, right? And something that I've noticed lately that, that to me is disgusting. I, I'm not a fan of this. I, mean, I don't like this attack. Is they've actually weaponized the coronavirus into a political football. So, if you don't know, the, I don't know how you, how you don't, but the coronavirus is, is spreading throughout the world. Um, it's still not this, like, terrible killer disease. Um, you know, I think only two people so far, I think, have died in the U.S. from it. Which, you know, in, like, a, last year alone, we had 45,000 people die from just common influenza. I think it's the idea of the unknown, of the uncurable, of the potentially lethal... You know, disease that, that that's uh, inflicting people is what's scary. Uh, personally, I'm not terrified of the coronavirus. I'm terrified of what comes with the coronavirus. Okay, government control, um, rationing, stuff like that. You just never know. You know, they're talking about shutting down the the Tokyo Olympics. Apparently, they had a Tokyo Marathon this past weekend, and no one was there. They had signs up that said, "Do not watch the marathon. Please stay indoors." You know. And a question I have is what what the fuck does the government know that we don't? Right? Because we've seen Ebola, right? We saw SARS and all these other diseases, um, mad cow disease years ago. And they all were kind of, they seemed like epidemics at the time. But I don't remember governments acting like this. Okay. Governments are acting kind of fishy about this. And the fact that Wuhan is still shut off to me is a little iffy. It's a little worrisome. I'm very curious of why this disease is being taken so seriously by the government. And, you know, at first there was a narrative of, well, the media wants you to overreact, right? They want you to, to freak out. So you're watching the news and it draws you in. It's not the worst narrative. Okay. But the, the media doesn't control Italy. It doesn't control Iran, right? It doesn't control China. It doesn't control Japan. Okay. CNN is not the one who's influencing what the governments do. 
So why is it these governments are freaking out so bad about it? Now, Iran, Iran's not freaking out. Iran actually is doing the opposite. They approach it very lackadaisical, as if it was no fucking deal. Well, now the vice president of the country actually has coronavirus. And one of the presidential advisors just died of coronavirus. Okay. The healthcare in those countries are not on the same level as first world countries like America. Okay. The access to healthcare isn't the same. Okay. You can go down the street and go to some doctor's office and go see some fucking dude who got his four-year degree at a high-end university who went through the training, went through the schooling. It's not like that in, over in the Middle East. It's not. I'm not saying they don't have doctors there. That's not what I'm saying either. They have their own systems, okay? But they don't have the supplies, they don't have the funding, they don't have the training, they don't have the experience, okay? They don't have this this big, you know, con- like CDC like we do. They don't have a reaction, a reactionary force like we do. And that's a concern. But I don't like that the Democrats have turned this into a political football. I've seen almost all the candidates now do, do stupid shit like trying to blame Trump for coronavirus. Man, the cesspit that is Twitter and the way that people are blaming coronavirus on Trump is re- what? We've had a few minor cases, right? It's not like 80,000 people are infected in the US that we know of, right? It's like, I would say it's probably under 100 people, right? Two of them have died, okay? There's 300 million people in the US. 300 million. If that's all that's infected, that's not terrible. Now, a big part of that was Trump closing borders off. And when Trump first first closed the borders off, because of this, people got mad at him. They called him a bigot, whatever. It was the right call, and the evidence is in the pudding. Now, I don't like the way Trump came out and spoke about coronavirus. Okay, after because he contradicted the CDC. Those people are doing what they do because they know what they're doing. Okay, now this is that part in 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 your life where if you're a Trump's a fan, you gotta, you gotta call out where he's wrong, and he was wrong in this. I didn't like what he did. Okay, he is not a fucking disease expert. Okay, he doesn't know anything about contagious diseases. I don't care what bullshit he's gonna be like. Yeah, I, I I'm the best. I have a very big brain. I know a lot about infections and. The spreading of diseases. No, I don't care. Because you don't. Okay. I would never argue with Trump about how to start a business. Okay. Trump should never argue with a doctor on how to contain a disease. Trump should listen, put his input in, sure. But at the end of the day, the person that should be speaking to the people, right, is the director of the infectious disease um, agency who had speeches prepped for everyone. Um, he was going to go on multiple media outlets to discuss coronavirus and answer fears. And they all got canceled because Mike Pence got put in charge. I have no issue with Mike Pence leading the, this this coronavirus charge. No problem at all. I think Mike Pence is a solid guy. He's a solid politician. A lot of people say, well, he's anti-science. Like, no, he's not anti-science. That's not true. You think he's out here like, well, no, the coronavirus isn't real and there's nothing going on. That's not what he said. Right, he acknowledged that there was something going on, and he's going to lead the agencies in order in an effort to stop it. Like he's not going to be out there in hazmat suits cleaning shit up. Okay, he's not going to be out there treating people. He's going to be answering agencies, asking agencies what's going on here, what's doing this, how directing them. He's a manager. That's what he's doing. Okay, 
But at the same time, I just wish that they would have allowed the experts to speak on the matter to the public because they're going to sound the best to be able to answer the questions the best. Don't brush off a problem like there's nothing wrong. Okay? If you go to your kid and your kid is obviously bothered, there's obviously a problem, and you tell them, hey, what's going on? They say, oh, everything's fine. Don't look here. It's going to bother you more. You have not made them feel any better about the issues that may be going on with this child. Okay. We're the child. Excuse me. They're the child and we're the adult. We now feel more at, you know, at, at more unease because we don't know what the fuck is going on because the government doesn't want to talk to us about it. I'm not trying to be a big old conspiracy theorist here. I'm not. But look, what's going on with this disease that the governments are freaking out so much about. Just think about that. Okay. Why was it that China was literally raiding houses, pulling people out and throwing them in vans? Okay. I've never seen that shit for fucking the influenza. I've I've never had my ass taken out of my house for strep throat. So why? That's the question everyone needs to think about. Is why. Now I recommended this, I think in the last podcast, I'm gonna recommend it again. If, if you have the time, go stock up on some non-perishables. Go pick up a 20-pound bag of rice. Go pick up some beans. Go, you know, go spend like 30, 40 bucks on cans. Cans of food, whatever. Buy some water. Because if the worst were to happen, you need to be ready. And let me tell you. If people aren't ready, they're going to go and they're going to take things because people do stuff to, for their family to survive. Okay. I know I sound dramatic, you know, like thinking like, oh, what is this, The Walking Dead? Like, it doesn't take much, man. It doesn't take much for someone to get desperate. You see it all the time down the streets. All the time. You see desperate people doing desperate things. And you think that this would be any different? Stock up on food. If you have a gun at the house, make sure it's cleaned. Make sure you have ammo. Just in case. I would rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. That's a time old saying. It's a time old saying for a reason because it's always valid. Go out there and buy some non-perishables. Make sure you have ammo for your firearm just in case. And hopefully, I mean, this coronavirus just goes away. Hopefully, it's no big deal and we'll be good to go. So, some other some other stuff I want to I want to cover today, and of course, <laughs> it's my cultural aspect of, of my show. Um, it's not gonna be too long today, but it's something I want to cover. Okay, the drag queen story hours has been almost a reoccurring segment on my show. It's been something I've covered pretty consistently, and it's like I said, the very first episode. Hey, it's a dangerous fucking hill. Okay, you're setting a dangerous precedent of what's going to happen next. A video recently came out on Twitter um, and then it went to Facebook. I'm sure you may have seen it. If not, it's a very quick Google search, I promise you. And there's a little girl. I think she's probably like six sitting in a chair. And there is a drag. It looks like a, it really looks like a, a, a crossdresser, really, with short shorts, pretty much all the way up to the cheeks and their legs out, right, with nylons on. Makeup done, little shirt. And she's doing this like 
crawling towards the child and dancing and moving seductively. And they're not even at they're, they're not at a drag queen story hour. They're at like some restaurant. Everyone's around watching. The mom is over here clapping it up. Clap, clap, clap. Virtue signaling her 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 body off. You can't see me right now, but I'm moving. I'm dancing just like she was. Because that's what she was doing. She was loving her life. She was loving the fact that she could be like, I'm so diverse. I'm so inclusive of everybody. Because that's exactly what she's going to say. She's going to share that video of that little fucking girl being danced on by a grown-ass man. And she's going to share it to all her liberal friends. And they're going to say, stunning and brave. And clap for her. Okay. That little girl looked terrified. She looked mortified. She looked so uncomfortable. And the creepy part for me is the, the drag queen person it thing whatever this this creature was went behind it and wrapped her arms around the child and you could see the poor little girl's foot start shaking like in fear okay we have to call this stuff out for being wrong have to because it is you are exposing children to things they should not be exposed to People will tell me, Anthony, you're a hypocrite because you're an advocate for video games. You would let your kids play violent video games. And you're right. I would. I don't care. My kids play Grand Theft Auto. Let me tell you why. Show me one fucking study that has not been debunked that will link violence and video games together. There's not one. There's not one correlation between violent video games and people becoming violent. And everyone will do the same shit. Oh, what about Columbine? Really? Columbine? Those two fucking kids had issues. Okay? They sought those feelings and validation in the things they were doing. Whether it was games, movies, shows, books. You know, I used to read some books when I was younger. Where it was like decapitating people. Look at Lord of the Flies. They stabbed that kid. Like, let's stop it. Okay? Video games are not the issue. It's not. Kids don't feel uncomfortable. They get joy from playing video games. Let's take Fortnite. Fortnite is the world's most popular game. If you have a kid, if you know a kid, if you've been to fucking Target, you've seen what Fortnite is. Okay? It's a stupid-ass game that these kids love to play. And you shoot people in that game. There's no blood in it. Right? When you hit someone, nothing happens. They, like, flash. And when they fall down, the guns that they were using fall out. They have pinatas in the game. They have dancing in the game. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay? But people will think, well, Fortnite's violent. It's not violent. Is there violent actions in it? Sure. That doesn't make the game violent. If you, The best argument you have for a violent game is Grand Theft Auto. Where you pull people out of the car and beat the shit out of them. Okay? But let me tell you, I played that game. My brother played that game. My sister played that game. All my friends I, I grew up with all played those games. And guess what? Everyone's fine. People who were shitbags before the game are going to be shitbags after the game. If you're a decent person before the game, you'll be a decent person after the game. That's just the truth. And I bring that up because that's such a red herring that people will throw at me about video games. And I just want to debunk that now. Because what this, what, this, what this person is doing to this little girl is not the same. Okay, That girl felt visibly, she was visibly uncomfortable. 
She did not feel safe at that moment. Never have I played a video game and felt unsafe. Same thing with anyone I've ever seen play video games. Now, is that my personal experience? Yes, it is. I'm not going to invalidate that. But it's also something that I've seen true. I haven't seen a single study to say otherwise. That girl, you could tell, did not want to be in that situation. You're exposing that child. You're harming her mentally. And that should be a CPS call. That adult should have her child fucking seized from her. It's fucking disgusting. And if you agree with that, if you agree with that drag queen basically giving a pseudo lap dance to this six-year-old little girl, then you're probably a fucking dirtbag. Okay? And if you're listening to my podcast and you loved it and you heard that and you didn't like it, I don't give a fuck. Okay? By all means, don't follow me. Don't listen to my shit. Because you are abiding by that behavior. Okay? You're not condemning it. You are just as guilty. If you know someone is molesting a child and you don't say shit, you are just as guilty as that fucking pedophile because you didn't do anything to stop it. This is the same thing. If I know someone's going to shoot up a school and they tell me, Anthony, tomorrow I'm going to go shoot a school up and I don't say anything, I should be held liable. It's unpopular opinion or something, maybe. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. If you condone that behavior, you're a shithead. And you don't deserve to live. I'm sorry. It's like watching that video is like visibly watching someone torture a child. Oof. A little hot and bothered there for a second. Jesus. Uh man. I it's just it's such a raunchy video. It's so wrong. There's no way you can ever justify that fucking video to me. Um, if you can, please try to justify it with me. I would love to hear your opinions on it. I would love to hear you justify that shit. So last last cultural point of the day, and this is more of an ironic one. This isn't going to be quite as serious as, as the fucking meltdown I just had. Public Enemy, which is a rap group, if you don't know, who were relevant like 30 years ago. have been MIA and are just honestly garbage. For some reason, popped up. And they're endorsing Bernie Sanders. And not only, not only are they endorsing Bernie Sanders, right? They're going to perform for him. I think it was for one of his rallies. And I'm just like, what's the name? What's the name of your group? The name of your group is Fight the Power. So you named your group Fight the Power with the idea of Putting political ideology in your songs. That's cool. That's fine. I'm, I'm all for it. I'm fine with politics and songs. I don't care. It doesn't affect me. You say fuck Trump in the song. I'll still like the song. I don't care. But you have Public Enemy, which is all about fighting the man, fighting the government, right? Because the, the man and the government are synonymous. It's the same thing. So you throw your support behind the one dude who plans on expanding the government, expanding control. Taking away your individual rights. That's the man you're endorsing? What a fucking joke. These guys have things like... Let me see. What's what's their number one song? Can't Trust It. That's one of their songs. Harder Than You Think. Rebel Without a Pause. Public Enemy number one. Fight the Power. That's their big one, right? Black is Back. 
all of these songs are all about fuck the government, right? It's all about empowering yourself, empowering your your individuality. And for some reason, you have endorsed Bernie Sanders. So this, of course, you would think this would be it, right? Of course it's not. So on top of this whole public enemy garbage, Flavor Flav is a member of Public Enemy. Now, if you don't know, okay, Flavor Flav is trash. <laughs> he ran a, a dating show like 15, 20 years ago, and that's when he became mainstream again. Okay. He got kicked out of Public Enemy today. He's been with Public Enemy for like 30 years because he doesn't support Bernie Sanders. That's it. Flavor Flav came out and attacked Bernie Sanders for basically deceptive marketing. Okay, he didn't like the way that they were marketing Public Enemy and and, and Bernie. And because of that, they kicked him out of the group. Now, my question is this: If you are black and you're considering supporting Bernie Sanders. Point to one policy. One. That was specifically designed to advance black people. Just one. Just one. You can't. There's a rhetorical question. It's just so funny to me. It's so funny how stupid people are. It's just like Rage Against the Machine. I'm a, I'm a Rage Against the Machine fan. I'll just put this up top. Okay. But Rage Against the Machine is all about communism, right? Which is unfortunate because I love the music. But it, I, I mean, whatever. I don't care. I, I like the music. And they're, th- they're, they're they're doing a comeback tour. And they're selling tickets for like $300. Yeah, I love capitalism. They're communists using a capitalist system. I fucking love it. If it was real communism, right? It'd be five bucks for everyone. Why not? Why not? So yeah, Public Enemy, that's my my last little critique for today. It's just a absolute cultural hypocrisy. And honestly, props to Flavor Flav for, for, for calling them out on it. Props to Flavor Flav for being like, eh, you know, I don't think so. And you know what's funny to me is that <laughs> Biden's over here, like, uniting his rivals, trying to form the Avengers for his delegates. And Bernie Sanders is over here breaking up rap groups that have been together for like 30 fucking years. Public Enemy has been together longer than I've been alive. Can you believe that shit? And Bernie Sanders broke them up. That should be enough proof to you that Bernie Sanders is trash. If that's not, I don't know what to tell you. So, I appreciate you guys tuning in to another episode. A, uh, I'll probably drop my next podcast on Wednesday. I really am excited about Super Tuesday. I'm going to try to get an early one out reviewing all the Super Tuesday madness. I'm super excited to see the madness that's going to take place. I think in my, um, this is my official prediction, mind you, that the states are going to be split between Bernie and Biden. I do think Bernie is going to win a little bit more than we thought. I think he's going to sneak a state. Um, and we're going to go into the next week's primary, which I think is on the 10th, uh, with Bernie having some momentum. Uh, but it's looking like a dogfight. 
if you want to follow this news, uh, let me know if you're enjoying this. If you want me to change something, you know, hit me up. A lot of you guys have my, my phone number. Shoot me a text. Shoot me a message. Um, I'm working still on, on getting a better platform so we can have like comments and stuff. It's kind of tough with podcasts to do that. I'm working on that still. I would love like a comment section so I can hear your guys' feedback, so I can read it, so you guys can tell me I'm fucking trash or whatever else you want to tell me, okay? So, once again, thanks for tuning in with me. Like, follow, uh, subscribe, do all that good stuff, and I'll see you here in about two days.